Welcome to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer Bussey, a podcast series for women in midlife who yearn to gain new clarity and purpose for the afternoon of life. Hi everyone, a big welcome back to our Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen podcast series. And today we have a very special guest from Australia. We've been speaking, we've been speaking to quite a few people overseas. But today we have a lovely lady that I first met in 2015 or 16 at the University of Sunshine Coast. And her name is Diane Ebsworth. And Diane came to USC to do her Master of Counselling. And what a great choice that was. <laughs> Prior to that, Diane was uh, a nurse. She first trained in nursing and worked overseas on boats in nursing. Wonderful experience, Diane. And then in 2015-16, she changed to counselling in her midlife there, right in the midlife where we looking maybe for something more or something deeper, and that was Diane's choice. So Diane, I want to say a very, very big welcome and how happy we are to have you with us today. Thank you, Anne, and thank you very much for the invite. Great. And Diane, you've um, moved through that lovely midlife transition stage a little bit the other side and you've changed your career and still developing yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was that, um, as, as you moved through midlife, what it was that led you to want to change and want to do something different and something more? Well, um, I guess, and I'd like to say that it was a nice, gentle transition and it moved through and it was just uh, a progression into developing and flourishing into something else. But um, as is the case with many people, uh, there was a an event, uh, a big grieving event that probably rocked uh, my world and you sort of cracked it open a lot, I, I, I assume, and um, made me rethink a lot of things. So, And it happened right at that time. I had, uh, in midlife, I'd, I was coming up to 50. So it happened right then. Yes, it's um, not unusual for someone to be led to go inwards, as it were, and think more deeply inwards because the first half of life we're rather driven by what's going on around us and outer things and the job you had, which is caring much for other people. And what was that journey like going inward and reflecting on that grief and dealing with it? What were some of the things that you think would help our listeners who may also be going through that? Well, um, I guess the the uh, looking forward, if you can, knowing that um, what's going to come out of it is going to be quite rich. Um, and I guess for me it was a real awakening um, I think it was built up for quite a while that I ignored and I think that was probably the, the, the um, something that grabbed me and shook me and actually said, you do need to make some changes here and you do need to think about your life. So, um, you, you know, I guess my advice, to, advice or, or discussions with younger women are to take notice of these things along the way, uh, I think, so that you can prepare yourself for some of these changes and maybe it's a, a little bit of a more of a gentler um, sort of transformation. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how we, we often ignore the signals that our body is giving us and our emotions which are expressed in our body and that learning self-compassion at that stage of life is so important and you as a nurse would know that how much 
your patients needed compassion, but how, while you're giving it to them, because of the very nature of the work, sometimes you forget to give that self-compassion to yourself. It's not uncommon then. Um, and I see it in a lot of my colleagues and um, and we talk a lot about even, you know, in the counselling professions, it's the same in, in some ways, but we're a little bit more uh, aware of how important that is. So a lot goes into self-care and supporting one another, which I love. Because yeah. I guess that was the other takeaway take of that time in my life is that I um, I really didn't realise uh, the strength of the women around me and how they could walk, walk. you know, when I look back, I was sort of being walked through. It wasn't obvious at the time, but I, I had so many um, women who came, you know, um, you know, within my own family and um, and with my wonderful friend base that uh, sort of developed onward from that. And some friends that I already had, of course, but that was probably the most important thing to me was that sort of like union of women who who really helped me through that. So what you're saying is like women maybe who were a little bit older than you, who'd been through those experiences and who'd learnt that self-compassion, that they were models for you. They were like a, a circle of women who'd broken through the, what I call the dominant masculine principled system that we live by. Yeah, and weren't afraid to be that as well. Um, and they were able to take the time, which is you know, I'll be forever grateful. And, and of course, it makes me feel I want to do that now. I want to, and I do do that. As where I can, I will, I will um, hopefully be that person for others. Mm. Can you say a little bit, you know, you moved then into counselling and I know in the program that we did there was a lot about personal self-development and self-awareness. Um, can you say a little bit, Diane, how that um helped you in the work that you moved into in Relationships Australia? Well, oh, I, um, a significant um, realisation for me was that I had wanted to work into, in this uh, area for a long time. And, and I loved, uh, when I was nursing originally, I was a community nurse for many years and I, I just absolutely loved that position. And a lot of it was going and being with people, palliative care, uh, the AIDS crisis was new in those days and there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, clients at home that we would go and support. So there was a lot of existential type work and I, I sort of really loved and missed that. So And so I, w- I moved right away from it. And then when this all happened around my midlife and I was really questioning what, who am I, what am I doing, I, I, ma- I firstly realised that, or I've come to realise when I understand it more now, which I didn't at the time, is that probably looking all the way back and given the childhood experiences that I had, I had never really formed that identity earlier on and it was only in this part of my life that actually I was being forced to, to think about who I was and what were my values and all of those things were, were sort of being brought up to me. So I questioned whether I could be somebody who could fulfill that role as a counsellor or be that sort of person for others because there, there's, I, I know, you know, there's that common imposter syndrome that we have in our industry. Um, it, people not feeling uh, totally confident all the time about the work that they do. So, you know, I, I guess on the the day that I decided to do this, um, and I'm sure it was about 2015, I went to an open day and I spoke to a wonderful woman there who was running the um, counselling program. Thank you, Anne. And it was really on that day that I decided I could do this. And I can't remember the words that you said to me on that day, but I think part of that, again, was that directing me to, um, 
you know, people with lived experience, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't have to be a consideration about whether you can be um, a, a good, effective practitioner. What I learned through the course is that that c- can all be left. You can draw on your experiences and that all gets left at the door when you're there providing a space for somebody else's growth. So, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah that's lovely. I mean, it's just, it's not really questions and answers. It's more just um, hearing your rich experience. And um, you talked about not knowing who you were and how many of us, I think, you know, we, we've identified with our role, with the job that we do. And, you know, as a young person myself, as a teacher, and for many years I identified as a teacher or principal of schools. And letting go of that identity to find out who we really are really opens up a richness, as you say, a richness of experience, and you discover the beauty of who you are as a woman. And what were some of those beautiful things that you discovered in yourself? Well, I think I went from being very confused about what I wanted and and, uh, who I actually was and, you know, um, probably doubt, so much doubt about was I a good enough parent, was I a good enough partner, a a lot of those things. And I guess come forward, you know, many years now, um, I I am okay with being doubtful in some areas and, you know, some things I do know about myself and and I like those things about myself and I... And, I, and, and it gives me some self-confidence. And some things I see about myself that, are, that I see reflected from my friends. And um, I've come to learn the importance of not being too um, singular and to be part of a tribe. And that's one thing that, I, you know, that I take forward and, and I will discuss with many women is that importance of, of having a tribe or trying to develop something that you feel that is yours. Um, and I guess I am still learning. You know, I, I still... Um, recognise the adverse effect of some some experiences that people have earlier on in their you know, in their childhood, and I and I recognise that I, that's fine for me. I'm just going to continue to be open and grow and learn about myself, and um, I feel I sort of need to do that to keep being effective an effective counsellor. Actually, mm. I think we sometimes forget we're on a journey, and it's a journey of becoming. And, you know, each day we're becoming more fully the woman we're meant to be or the person that we're meant to be. And that journey takes us in many directions. And you talked a little bit earlier, Diane, about some of these beautiful women. Can you think of, I think you mentioned to me earlier about your mother. Can you say a little bit about the the gift that she brought to you as a woman who was so open and so um, aware well, I think mum uh, is a classic example for me about a, of a woman who can still continue to change. Uh, she, we just had her 80th birthday this year and, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful that she is the person who brought me into life and, and that she has really stood beside me that, you know, uh, we've spent a lot of years apart. I was overseas for a lot of time and we've lived independent lives. Um, and my sister as well. I have to. I have a younger sister as well. And and you know, it, it's just been. I know how fortunate I am to have both of them in my life, and how they've stood beside me. Um, and and I have for them too. But um, Mum just has this love of life. Um, and for a woman who experienced, like I know, we had t- we was tough when I was growing up, and I know Mum really suffered. And back in those days, you know, in the sixties. Um, 
women couldn't um, just go and and um, rent a place with you know a single mum. That it just wasn't done. She had no rights. And I really um, I admire the women of her age group now who had to live through that and had to put up with things that weren't that you know with very minimal help. So. So, so she's sort of like a real inspiration. She's full of life. She, she sort of still goes to the gym. She tells me she went um, out the other night with um, some friends to the pub and, you know, sat there and they, you know, so, so she, she just c- continues to just live her life and get enjoyment. She loves gardening, all of these things. She has a, she has a, a, a big group of sisters that, that sort of still live in her area, even, you know, they go to lunch together or they do things together. So you can see how I get that sense of how important it is to have a body of women around you. I have cousins from that family that, you know, I'm very close to as well. So the theme of that comes through for me, through that family sort of generational um, expectation or no, it's not really an expectation. It's just a beautiful gift. Mm. That's it's a lovely thing, that circle of women. Um, we talk about the wise women, or I think I was saying to you in a recent conversation, the crones, and the crones were the women who crowned their wisdom and how that got negated very much in under masculine principles some time ago and became negative. But your mother is a wise crone. She's crowned her wisdom and she's with a circle of women who are doing that. And this is where you and I are heading to be part of that circle and to bring that back into the world too. So, Daya, I think you're setting up your own practice now in counselling too. Can you say a little bit about that and what's led you to that? Well, um, again, it's that progression and, and again, that, that theme comes in of having um, colleagues around me. So, I love where I work and it's been fantastic and um, but I think I think sometimes you get to a and I'm going to keep working there part time. So, um, that's with Relationships Australia, a wonderful organisation and um, th- there's been a lot of development there and a lot of sharing and I've loved that. So now there's other things I would like to do. So we, I love the group work. Uh, we used to do a lot of relationship education. It's not done so much now, but we want to move. I've got another three colleagues and um, we, we've sort of decided on a, to support one another. We all work independently, but we're part of a collective. And um, I know that they're people that I really uh, trust and, and uh, we can do some more things. We want to work more with sound play and symbols and, and you know, maybe art, um, music therapy, um, you know, like uh, we all have different um, expertise or, or interests. So we've all done a, um, worked in addiction. We've all worked in relationship counselling as well um, and we've all done family therapy. So, but like, Vicky has done her family therapy training, um, you know, and um, I work more in the women's health. Derek works in the men's health. Carrie works in that um, overall relationship counselling and um, um, intimacy. Uh, we've all done intimacy workshops for, and workshops for women. So that's the space we want to move more into. So it should be exciting. Yeah, very exciting, Diane. And it's, it's a, a wonderful example of giving birth to something new. As we said, you know, we go through menopause and we're no longer giving physical birth, but now as you open up to your true womanhood, you're giving birth to something new and something creative. And if only we can tap into that creativity more and own it, things like what you're doing become possible. And for all the women listeners out there, 
a lot of the women we've talked to, they've given birth to something new. So appreciate you telling us that, um, Diane, because it's a wonderful example of, of how you can really open up more. And you're in your 60s now, but tell us a little bit about what you're looking forward to in terms of becoming even more a woman who's a wise woman. Oh, and I'm looking forward to continuing to learn and continuing to develop this. This is really exciting for me because it's like I, I feel like I've been, I, ha, I have been birthed, Dan. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And I, and I know that this is I – ca I can't see when it will end. I just sort of think – I feel like it's going to – it's in, in finite. Um, and I, I guess I'm at that early stage of just full of possibility. And I am – it is very different to how I felt maybe um, even – 10 years ago yeah very very different very very different I could not see this 10 years ago this is completely uh different to what I probably I didn't invent anything I had no idea where I was going so yeah this is a, a wonderful gift I love that expression of uh, you've been birthed too which is true it's what happens you're giving birth in a sense to yourself there's a wonderful writer Marion Woodman who talks about that as we grow, we must be forever pregnant, forever giving birth, and forever a virgin. And the virgin is she who stands alone in herself, she who recognises her own dignity and her own beauty and is not afraid to share that with the world. So thank you for sharing that, being birthed. It's such a beautiful idea. And uh, as you gather other women around you, we give birth to a collective of women and a, a feminine power that's going to, the world needs it so much. If we only look at the, you haven't had much pandemic up there, but down here there's been a lot of the um, pandemic and the lockdowns and people keep talking about going back to normal rather than looking at a new way of being or what's possible. What would you like to share about that? I think that's a very common thing and I think that that's, um, to me, um, I would smile inwardly when someone says that and 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 sort of maybe um, uh, maybe discuss some fear-based stuff because moving forward you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to have that that thinking that encompasses possibility and I guess that's what um, I would encourage everybody to do and I think if you if you really work toward the people around you that can help you do that that's really helpful so whether that be looking for a, um, a professional and there's so many there's so many amazing professionals out there you have to find somebody that you can work with and that you can have this space with I would really recommend that for all everybody and I, you know if, and I don't and I, I include myself in that I want to keep looking for people who can pull me along and pull me out and, and let me think um, you know in a flexible way and um, to if I feel, feel fear to think about where that could lead me and what does that mean and, and, and delve into that because it could lead mm. anywhere. It could. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like entering the great unknown, isn't it, every time we make that transition. And, yes, there's, there's fear of the unknown but also turning that into what's possible, what's still possible. And from your life we can see there's so much is possible. And from your mother's life, so much is still possible if we open ourselves to it. So, Diane, if, if some of our listeners would maybe like to talk to you or get in touch with you, how would they do that? 
Oh, well, I yeah, um, I've left, uh, I've got my um, email there, which is just Diane with one N, dot Ebsworth at bigpond.com. And, you know, I'm very open to chatting to anybody. Um, and um, I've got, like, we, because we're only uh, new in this and it's sort of like we've sort of started, but we haven't got the IT you know, I haven't done the websites yet, so um, I won't give website. I, I think I've, I've sent you some there under construction, but um, yeah, that's all for the for the future. So best is probably my email actually at this stage. And we'll make sure that's listed underneath the podcast when it goes live. Yeah, and also for all our listeners, uh, you can also reach out to annemoyabasi.com. And if you are beginning that journey or going through that midlife, there's a free webinar that you can tap into and have a look at that helps understand a little bit of what this journey is about, the journey that Diane's been, talk- Diane's been talking about, the journey we've all been through, and why we can support you too. So don't be afraid to step out and uh, join us. And Diane, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's very, very appreciated, and I hope we can do more of this. I hope so. Thank you very much, Anne. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Diane. You've been listening to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer-Bussey. We look forward to your company next episode. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening.